You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. and keeps us bound. We can't do anything because we're so fearful of what might if, the woulda, shoulda, couldas, the ifs. Jesus gave us the answer. Jesus gave us the answer in John 16, 33. And we all look at John 16, 33, and most of you say, in this world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. But you're missing the point. You're missing the first four words. Jesus says, in me you have peace. Nothing can be more detrimental to the Christian faith than fear. In all honesty, fear is actually the antithesis of faith and often keeps us from doing what the Lord would have us do for His kingdom. In today's message, Pastor Dave will remind you that as a believer and follower of Christ, it's in Him that you have peace. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of Joshua chapter 6 as he begins his message, And the Walls Came Tumbling Down. Joshua chapter 6. So if you'll turn in your Bibles, if you didn't bring one and you need one, raise your hand. We'll get you one that you can look through God's Word, follow along with us. Joshua chapter 6. And as I was studying and reading this all week long from the last time when we did chapter 5, the song kept on going through my mind. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. And I was like, stop. Joshua didn't fight the battle of Jericho. The Lord did. <laughs> but anyhow, that's why I have it that the walls came tumbling down as, as the message today. So we're going to look at this wonderful, wonderful chapter and see what we can glean from it. We remember our theme as we study the book of Joshua is the victorious Christian. We can be victorious because Christ is the victor. And in Christ, we can be victorious. So that is our theme as we look at it. That's why you see it says the victorious Christian, Joshua 6. So, you know, I'm going to read through the entire 27 verses of Joshua uh, just to let us know where we're going. And, and, and you can see some things, and then we'll get to, to the study. You can read along silently as I read aloud. Joshua 6, verse 1. Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out, none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go all around the city once. This you shall do six days. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass when they make the long blast with the ram's horn. And when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout. Then the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up every man straight before him. Then Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priest and said to them, Take up the ark of the covenant and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord. And he said to the people, Proceed and march around the city, and let him who was armed advance before the ark of the Lord. So it was, when Joshua had spoken to the people, 
that the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Lord advanced and blew the trumpets. And the ark of the covenant of the Lord followed them. The armed men went before the priests who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard came after the ark, while the priests continued blowing the trumpets. Now Joshua had commanded the people, saying, You shall not shout or make any noise with your voice, nor shall a word proceed out of your mouth, until the day I say to you, Shout, then you shall shout. So he had the ark of the Lord circle the city, going around it once. Then they came into the camp and lodged in the camp. Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. The seven priests, bearing seven trumpets of ram's horn before the ark of the Lord, went on continually and blew with the trumpets. The armed men went before them. But the rear guard came after the ark of the Lord, while the priests continued blowing the trumpets. The second day they marched around the city once, returned to the camp. So they did six days. But it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early about the dawning of the day, marched around the city seven times in the same manner. On that day, they marched around the city seven times. And the seventh time it happened when the priests blew the trumpets that Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Now the city shall be doomed by the Lord to destruction, it and all who are in it. Only Rahab the harlot shall live, she and all who are with her in her house, because she hid the messengers that we sent. And you, by all means, abstain from the accursed things, lest you become accursed. Then when you take of the accursed things and make the camp of Israel accursed and trouble it. But all the silver and gold, vessels of bronze and iron, are consecrated to the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets. And it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet that the people shouted with great shout, and the wall fell flat. Then the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. And they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, ox and sheep and donkey with the edge of the sword. But Joshua said to the two men who had spied out the country, Go into the harlot's house, and from there bring out the woman and all that she has as you swore to her. The young men who had been spies went into and brought out Rahab her father, her mother, her brothers, and all that she had. So they brought out all her relatives and left them outside the camp of Israel. But they burned the city and all that was in it with fire. Only the silver and gold and the vessels of bronze and iron they put into the treasury of the house of the Lord. And Joshua spared Rahab the harlot, her father's household, and all that she had. So she dwells in Israel to this day because she hid the messengers whom Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. Then Joshua charged them at the time, saying, Cursed be the man before the Lord who rises up and builds this city Jericho. He shall lay its foundations with his firstborn, and with his youngest he shall set up its gates. So the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame spread throughout all the country. So they finally crossed the Jordan. They got over there, finally. They came in. They entered the land of promise, finally. God miraculously stopped the flow of the river. As the priest stepped into the river holding the Ark of the Covenant, all the people came through. Can you imagine what that was looked like? Can you imagine the water stopped from way up at the place called Adam and didn't come down? Can you imagine there's millions upon millions of people crossing? Can you imagine that scene? Can you imagine what it felt like crossing the river on dry land? Where the river once flowed, they were on dry land. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine stepping out there and feeling the dry land? It wasn't muddy. It wasn't squishy. They walked across, all of them, their livestock, every one of them. It must have been an incredible time. 
Mighty Jericho stood before them. They came and they camped at a place called Gilgal. Gilgal was a special place, we said, for these guys. It was a special place for the entire nation, Israel. It was their base of operations as they made the conquest of Canaan. And sometimes we said it was the focal point for their readjustment. They came back to Gilgal. Joshua would come back to Gilgal after a victory and praise the Lord. He would come back to Gilgal after defeats. And there are going to be defeats. And he would ask the Lord, what's wrong? What have we done? And he would seek the Lord. We talked about how we need a Gilgal. We need a place where we can go and seek the Lord and declare his worth and declare his victories. And likewise, we need a place to go when we're hurting, when we've had defeats in life. We need a place. We need a Gilgal. I told you when I lived in Ocean City, my Gilgal was the beach. And I loved it. I loved walking on the beach in November when nobody was there. Just me and my crazy dog. We just walked the beach and pray and praise the Lord. It was just so wonderful. I could tell him anything and open up my heart. It was a wonderful place. We need places like that. We need places that we can go to. You can call it your prayer closet. I don't care what you call it. But we need a place where we can go and meet with the Lord on a regular basis. It was Gilgal. It was Gilgal for the Israelites. He would retreat there, Joshua. But Gilgal became holy ground for them. It became holy ground for them because before the Lord could work outward through them, he had to work inward in their hearts. Remember we said the Lord was doing something spiritual. They were ready to go. They were chopping at the bit. Come on, Lord, we can take them. We're ready to go. Let's go. The army's ready. We're all here. We want to go and we want to take these guys. And the Lord said, not so fast. I have a work to do. And we watched as he did this work. Remember, interesting, I said the word remember, but Gilgal became a place of remembrance. Remember the first thing they did when they got there? They took stones from the river and they made a memorial to God. A place where they could tell their children and their children's children, remember what the Lord did at this place. He parted the Jordan River and we came across. Joshua took stones and placed them in the river at the exact place, at the exact place where they crossed. One time, and this just came to me, one time I was up at Sight and Sound. We were watching the story of Ruth. It was really, really cool. We were watching the story of Ruth, and Ruth was going. She was leaving. They were fleeing. They were leaving, and they were coming across the river, and it was the River Jordan, and there were these stones there, this great big stone sticking out. And one of the little ones said, Mom, Mom, what's that? And she got to repeat to them all the things that the Lord did as they were coming across. I thought that was special. I thought that was really cool. Now, we don't know if that happened, but that's what they were there for. They were there so that the, they, the Israelites could tell their children and their children's children, this is what the Lord did. Remember the Lord. Gilgal was a place of remembrance. Gilgal was a place of resurrection. The new birth, because their sin was rolled away. It was a renewal of the covenant of circumcision. It was a place of restoration where they restored their relationship with God. They renewed that relationship through the covenant of circumcision. They renounced their old ways. They declared, we're new now. We're new in the Lord, for the Lord has given us a new heart. Remember, we talked about the circumcision, how it was an outward sign, but it symbolized cutting away the flesh of the heart, getting your heart right with God. They cut it away. They left the old life behind. And we talked about the radical obedience that they did, that all the men were circumcised and how they had to wait eight days before they could do anything else, and how vulnerable they were during that time. But this is the victorious life of a Christian. 
We remember the sacrifice of Jesus Christ upon the cross and taking away our sins. We were given a new life. We have a new relationship with our God and has been restored because we've been redeemed. We renounce our old ways and we fall hard after the Lord. It's a matter of the heart for we've been given a new heart. And it becomes a matter of our heart open to him. But just like Israel, when we're entering the land of promise or when we're entering that abundant life that we're talking about, it's filled with battles. It's filled with battles. It's filled with strongholds. There's always a Jericho to face. There's always a Jericho to face. Now, we left off last week. Joshua was surveying Jericho. He was looking over there. And it must have been a dawning sight, looking at these walls from afar. He was sitting there, look at them. Now, during the excavation, they found out some really cool things about Jericho. They found that there actually were two walls. There were two walls. One of them was six foot thick. The other one was about 12 feet thick. And they were about 30 feet high. Can you imagine these things? Incredible. This was a major stronghold. And it was the mightiest city at the time in Canaan. I believe that this is why the Lord chose to destroy this one first. To send a message, a clear message. Joshua was a military genius. He had been in the battles that he led for Moses. Remember, we read about that in Exodus, where Joshua fought these battles for Moses, and he was a master soldier. He was a brilliant strategist. But he must have been perplexed. He must have been bewildered as he looked around this. He said, how are we going to take this huge city? I have an untrained army. Oh, yeah, they're ready to fight. They got a lot of game, but how are we going to take this city? And as Joshua planned his assault, as he was planning what he was going to do to this city, all of a sudden... A man appeared. We studied this last week. Let's look at verses 13 through 15 in chapter 5. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho, they lift up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? So he said, No, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped him and said, What does my Lord say to his servant? Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take off your sandals of your feet, for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. He's surveying the scene. Joshua's looking out, perplexed, planning his strategy because he's a great soldier. He's a brilliant strategist. And all of a sudden this guy appears. Guy has his sword drawn. And Joshua says, Wait a minute. Are you for us or against you? And I love the Lord's answer. No. I ask you a question. No. What? He says, I'm the, I'm the commander of the army of the Lord. Joshua recognizes him. Joshua recognizes him, and he falls on his face and worships him. And we said last week that if it was an angel, remember in Revelation, the angel refused worship from John. This commander did not refuse worship. This is none other than Jesus Christ. It's a theophany. It's a pre-incarnation of Christ coming Commander of the army of the Lord, Joshua meets him and says, whose side are you on? Basically, remember, we said the man really wanted to know, well, Joshua, whose side are you on? Who are you on? What side are you on? Then he introduced himself, and Joshua fell to the ground. And I love the question. I love this question. What do you want your servant to do, Lord? Remind you of anybody? Chapter 9 of the book of Acts, the apostle Paul's knocked off his horse. What do you want me to do, Lord? What do you want me to do? I challenge you, 
to sit before the Lord in a quiet place and ask that question. I challenge you to sit before the Lord in a quiet place and say, Lord, what would you have me do? What do you want from me? What do you want? You'll be amazed. And then wait for him to speak, please. Don't ask, what do you want me to do? And then get up and leave and do the dishes. You got to wait for him to speak. You got to wait for him to talk to you. He's dying to tell you. He died to tell you. Joshua, the great military stratus, but the Lord was much better. And Joshua submits to his leading. So as we begin chapter 6 now, the Lord unfolds his plan. So in the first five verses, it says, Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. (laughs) I think it's interesting. They're scared. Remember, their heart is broken. It's melted before them. They've heard what the Lord did, and they're shaking in their boots. They're afraid of these guys. They can't believe what's happening to them. They heard about the children of Israel. And from a human perspective, this is going to be a hard battle. But yet from God's perspective, look at verse 2. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and its mighty men of valor. From a human perspective, you're going, Man, this is going to be tough. From God's perspective, he's saying, you know what? It's done. It's over. I've given it to you. I've already given it to you. I would have loved to see the look on Joshua's face when he said that. I would have loved when the Lord explains his strategy for taking the city. What's been going through Joshua's mind? You want me to do what? You want me to send the band out? You want, me to, you want to do what? Can you imagine having a conversation with the Lord like that? He was probably so confused, he didn't probably hear verse 2 when the Lord said, I've given this into your hand. In God's perspective, the battle was over. I've given it to your hand, Joshua. The battle was over before it starts. Let's take that and put it into our lives, Christian. The abundant life, the victorious Christian. If we would count on the presence of God, if we would rest in the completed work on the cross, the victory that was won by our Savior, if we would draw upon His power each and every day of our lives as we face adversity, we would be totally free of fear, anxiety, worry, because the battle has been won. The victory is ours. He died for us to be victorious. This is truly the abundant life. There are Jerichos that each of you are facing tonight strongholds in our lives that can't seem to be tackled. And we're afraid of them. We're feared. I don't know what it is. It might be things that are inside us. It may be an addiction. It may be an addiction that you just can't shake. It may be a weakness in your flesh. There's all, all kinds of fleshly thoughts. It might be the sin that so easily ensnares us on a daily basis. Then there's Jericho's outside of that, outside of us. Not on inside, but outside. Families. Relationships, finances, health, employment, etc., etc. All these things, these are strongholds that keep us from accomplishing that which the Lord would have us do because of our fear. Fear is the opposite of faith. The fear traps us and keeps us bound. We can't do anything because we're so fearful of what might if, the woulda, shoulda, couldas, the ifs. Jesus gave us the answer. Jesus gave us the answer in John 16, 33. And we all look at John 16, 33, and most of you say, in this world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. But you're missing the point. You're missing the first four words. 
Jesus says, in me, you will have peace. There's the answer. In this world, you'll have tribulation. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. See, if we take our spot in him and recognize that we are in him, we have peace. Whatever strongholds facing tonight, whatever strongholds up there, you can have peace in the midst of this time. You can have peace. You can have peace in the Lord. It's when we stray off in our own. When we tell the Lord, don't worry, Lord, I got this one. I'll take care of this one, Lord. You hang on. I'll take care of this one for you. We fall flat on our face. We can't understand why. Joshua hears the Lord's plan to take the city. And this method of warfare is absolutely makes no sense to the military intelligence. It makes absolutely no sense at all to any military intelligence that he's ever known. Furthermore, it seems to go against God's law. It seems to go against God's law. This is strange. If you look at verse 4, it says, And the seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times. The priests shall blow the trumpets. Interesting here. First of all, the priests were exempt from military service. They were supposed to be in the battles. The priests were not supposed to go to battle. This is a battle. The priests are there. They were supposed to devote themselves to serving God at the tabernacle. That's what their job was. The Ark of the Covenant was never taken into battle. It was only taken into battle one time in 1 Samuel 4 and 5. And what happened to it? It was captured. It was captured when they took it into battle. And the seven trumpets of ram's horns, the shofars, Numbers 10 states specifically that it was not ram's horns that were used for battle, but silver trumpets. So this is far beyond what Joshua's saying. He's really confused now. He's like, what? This doesn't make sense. And finally, the most serious of all offenses, they were to walk around the city for how many days? What happens on the seventh day? Sabbath. It's the Sabbath. You want us to do what on where? We're supposed to, wait a minute. We're supposed to do what? Now, the Pharisees came up with, long time after that, they come up with how far you could travel on the Sabbath. I'm sure walking around that city seven times was a lot further than they were supposed to go on the Sabbath. But see, this was God's plan, and God was showing his plan. So it required total obedience to God, total obedience by faith. Total obedience by faith. First of all, it required great faith on Joshua just to reveal the plan to the nation. i got something to say to you guys. Now, no laughing back there. I want to tell you what we're doing. All right, here we go. Then, the priest, it took great faith by the priest and the elders in the nation because they followed Joshua's plan. See, this takes great faith by everybody. It was a plan of a victory. Why? It would be clearly the work of the Lord. No man could take credit. He wants you involved in his plan. He wants you to be a part of his work today. And that's what he does. Verses 6 and 7 tells us that the priest and the people of the plan, he tells them the plan. He had to tell the priest because they were asked to do the unusual. The ark would be prominent in victory. Remember, the ark represented the presence of God. As God went before them, they followed as God went before them. You are Joshua 1.9 reminds you to be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. What encouragement that is. 
God is with you wherever you go, in whatever you do, just as he was with his people, the Israelites, on their journey into the promised land. He went before them to make a way, orchestrating impossible situations to his glory. When you face the unknown, have courage. There's no need to fear the future. God is going before you as well. Trust in his faithfulness. Here at Assure Hope, we want you to know that we're praying for you. Is there anything specific we could be lifting up before the Lord? Please give us a call at 609-884-5821. We'd also like to invite you to get involved in a church community to help fuel your passion for Jesus and support you on this journey. If you're in the Cape May, New Jersey area, why not come by Calvary Chapel, Cape May? We'd love to have you join us for our time of fellowship, worship, and Bible study with Pastor Dave. We gather together every Sunday at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. You'll find our address and driving directions by visiting our website at assurehoperadio.com or by giving us a call at 609-884-5821. We are so glad you tuned in today. May God bless you today and always. Pastor Dave will continue walking verse by verse, chapter by chapter, through the book of Joshua when you join us next time here on Assure Hope. Assure Hope.